a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. KSL's Live Mike with Lee Lunsberry. Hey, welcome back. Episode 10 of Live Mike. I'm grateful to you for tuning in. Uh, listen, I told you that today's show was going to have a wide variety of, of, of emotions and themes. Uh, we are, in this segment, going to highlight a high note, uh, something good, uh, r- something reflective of the goodness here of Utah and our ability to help out when others need our help. Uh, I, I don't know if you follow Australian news. Uh, there's some interesting stuff down there. I think they have kangaroos and spiders. Uh, but they also, right now, have fires. Uh, and it's serious business. For the past two months, they've had bushfires that are just sweeping across Australia, engulfing whole towns, uh, destroying uh, people's homes and businesses, uh, and the strong winds and high temperatures down there uh, right now are not helping. And in fact, uh, by mid-December, there were a total of nine people uh, had passed away, uh, including one missing. 800 homes uh, have been destroyed, as a matter of fact. And uh, earlier this month, a call came from Australia saying, hey, uh, Utah, could you send us some help? And the answer, of course, is yes. And the gentleman, one of the gentlemen uh, answering that call is uh, Jason Porter, who joins us on the phone now. He is a firefighter with the Bureau of Land Management, and he's heading out to Australia on Monday. Sir, how are you? I'm good. Uh, Thanks for having me, Lee. No, thank you. And thanks for showing us uh, what it means or how you're supposed to respond when someone asks you for help. What's going on? What, what, uh, when you fly off on Monday, what will you be up to? So uh, I'm going to be going with a group of about 20 firefighters, two from Utah, the rest from uh, several different western states. And this group will, most of us will be going to Brisbane, so we'll be in the Queensland uh, portion of Australia. Um, We'll go down there and uh, initially have a day just to kind of acclimate, uh, get get rested up after the long travel, and then we'll be right into training, uh, getting to know their their tactics they use there, their fire behavior, those local factors down there that uh, we need to know about to keep ourselves safe as well as to be, uh, you know, effective in the firefighting mission. And uh, as soon as that's done, we'll hit the ground and we'll we'll go to work for the remainder of that 30 days and, and do everything that we can to help them out there. You, uh, How long have you served as a firefighter with the BLM? Uh, I'll be going into my 20th season this year, this coming year. A proud career? Yes. Outstanding. Tell me, uh, is, are, are calls like this common? Have uh, Has your service as a firefighter with the BLM taken you uh, on, on missions like this in the past? So we, we have had international calls for help before. Um, I've uh, been on the list to go to Greece, and then I believe the other time was Spain. Uh, we sent a few folks to those countries. Um, uh but by the time things got going, they started kind of ramping down on their fire seasons, and I never got the chance to go 
so my travels have been, I think I was figuring it up the other day, 19 different states within the uh, U.S., uh, the furthest being Alaska. So this will be very different for sure. Outstanding. It's anticipated you'll be there for, for 30 days. Uh, how does right. your, how's your family feel? How, how'd you tell them, <laughs> how'd you explain to them that dad needs to head off uh, and take care of some folks across the globe? Uh, we, uh, when, when the first talks of this started to happen within the agency, uh, we talked about it for a few days as a family before just rushing into it. Um, I, I think everybody's a little reluctant, but at the same time, you know, we're understanding that, uh, Hey, things are slow here at home right now. And, uh, we make things work, you know, we've again, 20 years of doing this, uh, never been a full month before I've done, you know, several 14 day assignments, uh, a couple times, you know, going out for 21 days when they really needed to stay and, and extend that service out. Um, and it's tough. I, I will say it takes a certain kind of wife to be able to keep everything going at home while, while I'm gone like that. And I, I can't even tell you how how grateful I am that, uh, you know, they would let me go and do this. It's, for me, I mean, it's an opportunity of a lifetime to, to go to a foreign country and help them out. And to, you know, have that kind of support from home. Everybody talks about my sacrifice of going and helping. I, I don't even consider that a fraction of the sacrifice that's happening in my home for them to let me go and do this. Um, so it, it's hard. Uh, I think there's a lot of mixed emotions where we're talking about some big plans. You know, when I get home this spring, some fun things we can go do to make up for it. And I yeah. think that the kids have kind of taken that compensation. But, you know, you can see it in their eyes every time the subject comes up. It's it's uh, not pleasant, but we'll make it work. Um, and, uh, you know, it, just the opportunity of helping people out there, uh, it's worth it. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that uh, that I've taken these few precious moments away from <laughs> uh, your family as you get ready to head out. Uh, just a, a few more minutes, if you don't mind. You will be teaming up with the New South Wales Rural Fire Service. Uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, some of your initial days down there will be used uh, to get trained up on their either local techniques or tactics. Uh, what uh, and so you, you may you may have uh, some learning still to do. But what do you know so far about how the tactics uh, you'll deploy out there compared to uh, say what you use when fighting the wildfires here in Utah during the season? So you know the initial thoughts on that, uh, which is comforting, is the tactics that we use here. Uh, primarily to keep ourselves safe, our, our, all of our firefighters safe. That doesn't change. You know, uh, that basic background, uh, foundation of safety, um, and, and taking care of people first, that, that's going to be in place there. All of, uh, I'll be taking my own gear, um, you know, and all those, everything we've been taught from day one on keeping your head up and looking around at the situation and, and, you know, obviously pulling out of the situation when you need to. Uh, when those conditions warrant that's that doesn't change um and a lot of the primary firefighting tactics won't change there as well uh you know we've had australian firefighters come up here to the u.s actually and and engage on our fires when we really needed the help and that's provided a, a training mechanism for them as well to take home and build up their uh, firefighting service there as well so uh the the training that we'll be receiving is mainly in uh you know what what different vegetation types uh, do we need to be concerned about there? Which, you know, what are the most uh, flammable and, and what's carrying the fire? What kind of opportunities, uh, you know, different vegetation that fire may move into that provides a, a good opportunity to engage in and uh, provide a high level of, of success? 
then we, we go into everything from weather, topography, you know, wind factors, everything they're seeing down there that we need to know to be efficient and, uh, again, above all, safe. Yeah. I hear they have uh, giant kangaroos and spiders the size of dogs down there. Are you so my, prepared my kids, to combat the wildlife? I my kids, but... Uh, one of my boys, that was the first thing out of his mouth when Australia came up, is that, you know, Dad, that like seven or eight of the world's most deadliest animals are, are in Australia. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's comforting. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, keep your, uh, keep your pants tucked into your socks. Uh, check your shoes when you wake up in the morning. Uh, and that's about the extent of the advice I can give you. The rest of it, you'll certainly learn along the way. Exactly. Mr. Porter, listen, I am so grateful to you uh, for setting an example to the rest of us. You received a call to go help, and your qualifications, your capabilities uh, have situated you just right to answer that call in the affirmative. I am also grateful to your family, to your children, your wife, uh, who are staying home uh, while you go out to help others. I think it's uh, certainly a noble sacrifice that both you and they are making. And I'd love to speak to you uh, again uh, when you get back. I won't bug you, though. I'll let you. I'll let you reunite with the family, uh, but I would like to hear about uh, about what you learn and what you experience once you get home. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's plan on it. Outstanding. Well, we've been speaking this segment to Jason Porter. He's a firefighter with the Bureau of Land Management. Uh, if you've been following the headlines in Australia, you'll know that they are facing uh, some unbelievably deadly bushfires. Uh, many deaths. Uh, many folks are missing. 800 homes have been destroyed, as well as entire towns engulfed in flames. And that's all due to some strong winds and some high temperatures. And it is a Utah, a pair of them, as a matter of fact, who are specially situated and capable of lending a hand and Australia called and so we're off to help out uh, Mr. Porter uh, is setting a good example for all of us in our next segment <clears throat> in our next segment we're going to talk about tax reform uh, here at the state level uh, there are a number of folks who are running uh, for governor and uh, one of those such individuals will join us in the next segment Amy Winder Newton she uh, at initially had one attitude on this whole tax reform deal and now uh, she swung over to the other side of things she's going to explain that all to us next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.